You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM. We're going in reverse order tonight. Hey, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. No worries, it's all good. A little before 7, so if you're tuned in early, we appreciate you anticipating this show here tonight. A little under the weather, but Ray, we conquer. We will conquer. What's up, my friend? Ray Mara back alongside Just me. Glad to be back, baby. It's good to be back. See you. Come back from the injured reserve, brother. Yeah, those three exams uh, took a definitely big toll out of me. It's good to it's good to see you putting uh, academics first, though, Ray. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan gotta of that. Do what right? I got to do. Yeah, you got to handle business. Brigitte back as well. What's going on? Not too much. Had a pretty good weekend. Pretty low key. Pretty. Low. You were you were in East Lansing? Uh, no, I actually went home for the weekend. I hadn't been home for a while, so. To the Ville. I haven't been home in to ages. My parents forgot what it looked like. They're probably upset with me. It's looking like Thanksgiving. It's the, the sports start overlapping. You know, we got basketball season firing up. We got the green and white game on Sunday. Uh, that will be at the Breslin Center. And no, it will not be played at Mun Ice Arena. Just so you know, I, I got to check the time on that. I think it might be in the afternoon, 4 p.m. I got to check. I'll get the exact time for you, but we have a stack show tonight. We're going to get right into it. Uh, coming up later this hour, we have clips from Coach D'Antonio on multiple items, including his offense, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, freshman linebacker Greg Jones, who had an outstanding game despite the loss. We'll break down the loss 24-17 at number one Ohio State. I was there. I gathered post-game interviews with the likes of Brian Hoyer, Jonal St. Deke, who is now a Big Ten single-season record holder for forced fumbles, Otis Wiley, who has broken out of a funk and is back, as well as Greg Jones. Sat down with Greg Jones today, the freshman linebacker, very impressive young man, an engineering major looking to go in electrical engineering. He engineered his way to 12 tackles against the Buckeyes on Saturday, a career high for him. The young freshman has great football instincts. We'll talk Greg Jones later this hour. Also, we'll look ahead to Iowa, which I see as a very winnable game for this program and a, a statement game. Every, hey, every game is a statement game. But a team that is on the, the cusp of becoming bowl eligible with five wins. We beat Iowa. We become bowl eligible. Very important game down at the Hawkeyes. What is, I don't even know if, what is, what's their field called. I have no idea. Their stu- <laughs> they, they call their student section in basketball the Hawk's Nest. I almost said the Hawk's Nest. But then we proceeded to beat them. But it's all right. We'll talk men's basketball here to kick off the hour, though. If you'd like to get in touch, first part of the hour, we're talking men's hoops season preview. We got some Coach Izzo talking about the season, talking about Raymar Morgan and Travis Walton. We try to get specific clips that are on players that don't get as much exposure. Uh, you can go anywhere to hear about Drew Neitzel these days. We know Drew Neitzel is outstanding and All-American. There's plenty of outlets. We want to see what Coach Izzo has to say about the rest. We know Drew's great. We want to know your thoughts. Where's Michigan State's basketball team headed, and where will they finish the season? How good are they really? Uh, What's the season going to depend on? Who is going to be the breakout player this year? 517-432-3893 is the phone number. The email address, wide open all hour. The Gmail inbox is wdbmsports.com at gmail.com, wdbmsports at gmail.com. First off on the item, men's basketball season preview. Uh, no better man than Coach Izzo. Been here coaching for more than a decade to break it down for us. 
Got a chance to attend Coach Izzo's media day last week. Here's what Coach Izzo had to preview on the season. You know, I think the bullseye is back on us, and, and I'm really happy that it is. Uh, you know, last year the lower expectations, as I said a hundred times, was, was okay for a year, and, and I said it would be okay once every eight or nine years, and maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but I'm, I'm happy that we're regarded as maybe, a, you know, a top echelon team, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country, and it seems like everybody's got us, you know, the top two or three in the Big Ten and top ten or fifteen in the country. And and I'd say that uh, those expectations are almost as good as our internal expectations and goals uh, because we, we feel they're lofty also. I guess the first thing that I think will change this year is our, our style of play. After being forced to slow it down last year, um, I'm pretty determined to run from the day that we started, which we did, and, uh, you know, and, and look back to... Uh, getting to the point where uh, this team's scoring a lot of points and that the key will be, will we, will we retain the commitment to our defense that we had last year? It was incredible when you look at some of the, not records we set, but when you look at our defense was the lowest since 58-59 in field goal percentage. And it's been very low uh, in scoring defense. I think the lowest since in the 50s also. And we led the Big Ten in rebounding again. I think it's eight out of the last 10 years. So now if we can add all this offensive firepower that I think we have between guys that have gotten better like Marquise and, and G and Raymar to guys that are coming in like uh, all four of our freshmen right now are all, I think, shooting as one of their strengths. Uh, I didn't think it would be that way for Darrell, but he has become uh, and is becoming a much, much better shooter. That was Coach Izzo commenting on the season. And at the tail end of that, Darrell Summers will be an intricate part of this team. I think when you look at this basketball team, you're very excited. You return 90% of nearly everything. Rebounding, scoring. One of the top defensive teams in the nation last year. We know Coach Izzo is going to get back to that run-and-gun style that has won him a national title. Uh, but along with that, you know, you have the susceptibility of giving up points going the other way. Uh, so Coach Izzo stressed uh, in an interview I played last week, and in a one-on-one -on -one with coach, he said, "You know, you got to take care of the basketball. You you can't have turnovers because you're trying to run a gun. You turn the ball over, the other team's going to score. Obviously, they want to keep that same defensive philosophy heading into this season. They they were giving up what sixty, but somewhere between sixty and seventy points per game last season, and that was like the best since since the fifties. Incredible defense. If they can combine that defense, you know, arguably they're going to give up some some more points because of the style of play. Uh, but they'll be solid." Uh, is this team built for a title run? Let's put it right out there. Uh, Big Ten and then national title. Ray? I definitely believe they have a great shot at the Big Ten title. Uh, but I'm, more importantly, I think we have a shot at the national title. We, uh, we're uh, bringing in Lucas, Allen, and Summers, and I think they're going to provide you know explosive talent off the bench. In fact, that I don't think we've, we're not losing any starters. So uh, they have a year under their belt to join, you know, uh, gain some consistency. And I think uh, they'll build a lot of chemistry, and I think we'll have a shot at the national championship. Brigitte, your thoughts? I think we'll definitely uh, have a chance, one or two, at the Big Ten title. I can't think of another team who would be able to compete with us at this point. Like Ray said, we're bringing back a lot of experience. We're going to gain a lot of depth off the bench. Uh, for the national championship, I could see us going as far as Final Four, if not the championship. But I think that a little bit of inexperience on some of the new freshmen coming in might be a little bit of a hindrance. But I think for the most part, we're going to have depth and experience, which is going to be great. 
for us making the run. Absolutely. We don't want to get too far ahead. We don't want to be, you know, slappies or whatever you want to call it. But this basketball team is going to be very good. We have arguably the best player in the Big Ten and one of the top in the country in Drew Neitzel. You look across the nation, uh, the basketball writers, the who you know, people who make these predictions, who build these teams, who write these magazines, Drew Neitzel, nearly a consensus all-American heading into the season. We know that's not much pub, but we saw, you know, not much going into the season. Preseason doesn't mean much, but we saw what Drew Neitzel did last season. And you combine that with the attention that Drew Neitzel is going to draw himself with the offensive talent of Raymar Morgan, gaining that year of experience in the Big Ten, and Raymar Morgan being healthy. Coming in, and that being the dual threat on that side, in addition to a, a much improved Marquise Gray, who, who's had an offseason of health. And that is so crucial to Marquise's development, and that is why he, he has gotten so much better. He runs the floor tremendously well. His shot is much improved. If you watch Midnight Madness, he hit two three-pointers in the open court. He is going to be a threat on that as a trailing four-man for that, for that swing pass coming back around, knock down that 15-footer, something I don't think he could do consistently last year. But Marquise Gray, definitely someone you are going to keep your eye on. Uh, we look, we'll, we'll go position by position here. Uh, we look at the, the point guard position. You have Travis Walton, one of the, the best point guards in the Big Ten in terms of taking care of the basketball, leading, being a, floor, a vocal floor leader, leader, keeping things organized, and you can't name a better defender in this conference, let alone the nation. Travis Walton prides himself in defense. He could care less how many points he scores. He's not about the limelight or being the leading scorer. He wants to get assists. He wants to distribute to teammates. But he takes pride in locking opposing star players down. And I think star players are going to fear Travis Walton. And, and you know, you talk about teams competing in the Big Ten with Michigan State. Be wary of Indiana. They're a very good team. Indiana is very good. They have D.J. White. That's all, that's, that's all you got to say there. D.J. White, the best one of the best big men in the Big Ten. Very polished. He dominated that's on that summer team with Drew Neitzel mm-hmm. with USA Basketball. So it's going to come down, I believe, between Michigan State and Indiana. But with Michigan State's depth and All-American Drew Neitzel, uh, Michigan State arguably will win the Big Ten, in, in my opinion. Uh, but you look at the bigs. We've got Tom Herzog. I'll go through him quickly. Tom Herzog, he's gotten bigger. He's athletic. He will get some minutes this year, but limited because, the, once again, the depth we have. Drew Namick, the best post defender we have on this team, very smart. Going for his Ph.D. in finance. This is a men's basketball player with a stacked schedule going for his Ph.D. in finance. You have to applaud that. A great post defender. He's got a nice baby hook, and, and he spent the summer playing in the Lansing Summer Pro League, and he also has been extending his range, so also a threat uh, 15 feet and in, I'd say. Edong Ebok, still a work in progress. Coach Dwayne Stevens says his bas- best basketball lies ahead of him. I agree. ID has been on this program. He is a great man. He will have a great year. He is such a defensive presence. He's had time to develop. He came in with Drew Neitzel, redshirted that first year. He was a part of that final four run didn't play, but he was there. He saw what it took. He's he was there to absorb the leadership that took place. We look at Marquise Gray, arguably the breakout player to watch this year for Michigan State and in the conference. Worked extremely hard to improve his shot, and I think he has. He bites the rim when he dunks. Uh, you'll have to look out for Marquise Gray, one of the best finishers on the team. And Goran Sutan, continuing with the big men. Goran Sutan had a great summer as well, traveled back to Bosnia to visit family, played there. 
also slimmed down, more athletic, slimmer. He can, he'll have more endurance, and he'll be expected to produce more. He's vo- voiced to me in our interview last week that he wants to be a double-double guy. Arguably, he can do that. And what Goran Sutan provides to you is, is great passing. He's a very skilled player. It's been said a million times. He's got those European skills. You want to comment. We want to know what you think of Michigan State's basketball. They had their media day last week. They open up in less than two weeks with Grand Valley State on uh, not this Friday, but next right at home at the Breslin Center. 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Continue on with the big men. You could call him a big man, call him a tweener. I call him versatile. Ray Mar Morgan, arguably one of the most talented players in the Big Ten with the most potential, I'd say, of any player. You know, you could say, uh, what is it, the Gordon kid from Indiana? Um, but then again, uh, you know, here's a, just an aside. You look at Gordon from Indiana, the, the incoming freshman, hasn't played against Big Ten talent hasn't played against a Travis Walton. I would like it's it's one thing to see a, a high school player dominate like that. We saw like a, Cal, a Calvin Torbert back in the day, consess, you know, a number one player in the nation coming out of high school. He dominated so phys, so much physically stronger. But when you take that Eric Gordon, you know, I look in these basketball magazines and, and you see Indiana's team page and you see Eric Gordon as the blow up pitcher. That's disrespectful in my opinion to a man, to DJ White, who is really the face of that program, to put. So much emphasis on Eric Gordon. What, what has he done yet? Hasn't scored a bucket in the Big Ten. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Travis Walton locking him up. But Raymar Morgan, extremely versatile. Had a great summer playing with USA Basketball. And, and he is looking to have a, a, a great year. He's improved his shot. He's a great finisher. He's, he's just somewhat of a glue guy. He, he's not going to give you spectacular dunks, but it seems that he just finishes and he finishes strong. Your thoughts on the big men, Ray Morrow? Uh, I think... Uh... That's gonna be one of our strengths this year. We have a lot of depth with Namik, you know, Sutan. You know, he can hit that 15 footer, you know, as well as anyone. And you know, Quiz, he has the explosiveness, and I think he just needs, to, you know, become more consistent, consistent, and have you know better decision making. And then with Ebok, he brings a big defensive presence. And then uh, you know, obviously Raymar, you know, he's a, he's a great scorer. And I think with teams like start focusing on nights, I think it's gonna open up more opportunities for Raymar. So, Brigitte, your thoughts on on the bigs? Um, if Quise is as good as you say is this year, I haven't gotten the chance to see him in person. I'm really excited to watch him. I think uh, what our team's been missing is a lot of points in the paint, which are gimme points. And if we can get our big men to start doing that, it takes a lot of pressure off the point guards to hit those outside jumpers. And if we can do that, we're just going to be a powerhouse. And especially Sutan, I'd love to see him have a breakout year this year. He's a responsible player. He's got good hands. So i just like to see him step up his game a little bit. Absolutely. We saw glimpses of Sutan's excellence last season in one game I believe he had 27 mm-hmm. in double digit rebounds in a non albeit a non-conference game uh, but Sutan has that ability to break out but Raymar Morgan in my opinion uh, he'll have a breakout season and uh, who knows how long Raymar Morgan will be a Spartan but he has tremendous upside Coach Izzo commented on his number two this is Coach Izzo on Raymar Morgan and Raymar Morgan um, you know he too is gaining a lot of preseason hype I think playing on the USA team that he played on for Jerry uh, was was good for him. Um, it got him some recognition. Uh, it got him on Dick Vitale's all Rolls Royce team. But maybe more importantly, um, he's considered, I think, one of the ten better players in this league in most people's minds. And I think he is at that point. I think he's improved his shooting a lot. I think um, he's more comfortable on the perimeter. 
I think this year we'll be doing both with him. We'll be posting him up some, and we'll have him on the perimeter. He's running the court better than I've ever seen him, and he's shooting the ball better than I've ever seen him. And yet uh, I think there'll be some times when we'll have options this year that we didn't have last year, and the options will be we could play Raymar at the four some and go small. We could never do that last year because we didn't have enough bodies. So I think Raymar, uh, if he continues to improve and adjust from the power forward center that he played in high school, and maybe if there's things he could work on, become even a better rebounder. He averaged over five a game last year, but I think he's a kid who can, can get up there in the high sevens, and I think he could be one of the better offensive rebounders. I, I thought he was going to be last year. I think the injury hurt a little bit, but I also think the adjustment of playing outside the whole time compared to playing inside and outside probably was one that he didn't uh, didn't handle the best in that way. But I've been very, very, very pleased with Raymar Morgan's progress uh, so far. That was Coach Izzo speaking on his guard, Raymar Morgan, number two. A quick note, Michigan State men's basketball is going to hold their green and white game on Sunday. Uh, that is going to be Sunday October this Sunday, October 28th, 4 p.m., at the Breslin Center. Uh, you can just show up and go in. If you can catch the hint on that one, um, you're very smart, but you can show up and, and go in. Green and white game, 4 p.m. at the Breslin Center. Spartan basketball team will be available for autographs and photos. So, 4 p.m., I'll be sure to catch that Sunday afternoon. A men's basketball green and white game should be solid. We progress, though, because we got a stack show. Football is coming up. I got a lot of Coach D'Antonio. I got Brian Hoyer, Jonal St. Deke, Otis Wiley, Greg Jones. Greg Jones! Like, you know, like Mike Jones, you know. Hey, we'll keep it moving, though. To the wing, the guard, starting with Drew Neitzel. What has to be said? No need to beat, quote-unquote, a dead horse. We know how great Drew Neitzel is, and we know... His minutes will be cut back, but that will not affect, I don't think, his point production. You know, he's going to find his shots. Uh, it'll, it's a long day. If Drew, Drew Neitzel finds his consistent, finds to be a way to be consistent, whether it's not in the first half, he will come alive in the second half. Um, there was only a few games last year where he did not score in double digits. Travis Walton, we know he's a great defender. More importantly, a great leader. Before I progress to any more guards, I want to get Coach Izzo's thoughts on his guard and captain Travis Walton. Here's what Coach Izzo had to say about T. Walt. Travis Walton maybe is growing into one of our best leaders that we've had here and definitely in the mold of a Mateen Cleves that uh, not afraid to hear his voice, not afraid to tell his teammates, not afraid to get after his friends, uh, and backs it up by how he works himself. But as I've always said, I'm not really enthralled with guys that are just leaders by example. I'm looking for guys that are leaders by dragging other people with them. He is one of those and could be one of the best we've ever had. That was Coach Izzo commenting on Travis Walton and his leadership capabilities. Travis Walton is a tremendous leader. He was a captain as a sophomore, and that is astounding. That speaks to the character of Travis Walton and his leadership abilities, obviously. Uh, Travis Walton, a great leader, a great defender. We've seen him improve. It was like night and day. Freshman year, remember, he wouldn't even look at the basket. Now Travis Walton attacks and penetrates on fast breaks, finishes on fast breaks, has worked tremendously hard. As we talked last year, you know, in getting that rotation, the spin on a shot, he used to shoot that knuckleball, worked so hard to improve his shot. Travis Walton is not, is no more a one-dimensional player. No longer. Travis Walton, a complete player, and I'll say the best defender. He's all defensive team last year in the Big Ten. Uh, the, the best defender in, in the league. Travis Walton will handcuff you. you. 
He will shut you down. And he takes pride in that. And that drives him as an athlete and as a player. And you look at Isaiah Dahlman. I uh, had the personal experience of playing against Isaiah Dahlman in the Lansing Summer League this summer. If uh, you don't work your tail off to check Dahlman, it will be a long day, as I found out. <laughs> as Dahlman put up 20 on me on like 7 of 9 shooting. Ridiculous. He can shoot the ball extremely well. He may look unathletic to you, but Isaiah Dahlman is so tricky and snaky. He finds ways to finish. Let's not forget the kid's six six and a half, six seven. He's got great length. He's got a great shot. There's a reason why he was the number one scorer in Minnesota boys basketball history. He's a great scorer. He's got a great sense for the basketball. Great vision on the court. We see him drop a few dimes in the in Midnight Madness, but he has a way to find players. He can finish. You know, he's not going to give you highlight real dunks. But Isaiah, it'll be a long day if Isaiah Dahlman is going, and he knows. We've we played an interview a few probably a month or month and a half ago about Isaiah Dahlman, knowing that he's got three four freshmen coming in that are competing for minutes, and that's just simply friendly motivation amongst it, and he's aware of that. And we look at the talented freshmen, uh, Summers, Lucas, Allen, and Thornton. We can't forget about Thornton. And you look at and you look at Summers, a great athlete. Coach Izzo calls him a poor man's Jay Rich. I agree with that. He's worked hard to improve his shooting as well. He can jump out of this world. Incredible. He's going to take the roof off the Breslin Center multiple times. He's got a Big Ten body already. Very strong. Very cut. He's working on his defense, as Coach Izzo will allude to. All the freshmen can't check anybody, as I believe he said at his press conference. We look at Kalen Lucas, one of the fastest players I've ever seen in person. I've seen many college games. I've seen D. Brown. I've seen quick point guards. But he's one of the quickest I've ever seen. Coach Izzo says he's one of the quickest he's ever coached. And that's the statement there. He can shoot the ball as well. That's a strength that Coach Izzo will, will reiterate as well. This incoming class can shoot the ball. And that leads us to our next guy, Chris Allen. So much talk about the 6'3 guard from Georgia. He can shoot the ball extremely well. Coach Izzo says arguably he may leave here the best shooter that Michigan State has ever seen. And Chris Allen will take it to the cup and, and, and dunk on you as well. So a dual threat at guard. The weakness of the freshman class, defense. But, hey, they've been playing high school and AAU ball. That's a given. So as, as long as they can improve and mesh and gel and contribute, that's that's the X factor there. Uh, Chris Allen's real name, Xavier. There's your X factor right there, Xavier Allen. If Chris Allen can contribute and defend, and these three freshmen can come off the bench and contribute and defend, this team is poised to make a national title run. Austin Thornton, Coach Izzo referred to him as Timbo Gracchus with skills. He's just a gritty player, very tough, 6'5", turned down more than 15 mid-major full-ride scholarship offers to come play for Michigan State. When I talked to Austin Thornton about why he wanted to come to Michigan State, simply said, I want to win a national championship. And you can't do that at you know Ball State or... You know, but this this was a kid who was recruited by some Big Ten schools. They looked at him early. This is a very talented kid. He's now on scholarship. First walked on, was awarded a scholarship after the Mojo transfer. So Austin Thornton on scholarship. But uh, looking at the strengths, what do you guys think the strengths of this Michigan State basketball team will be, Ray? I think the biggest strength is depth. I mean, we last year we were you know in, uh, in depth up front, and uh, you know we were kind of you know lacked the depth in uh, guard position last year, and kind of relied on Neitzel so much. But I think with the additions of Alan Lucas and Summers, I think that's going to provide you know less minutes for them, um, adding productivity to their you know off- or offense. Brigitte, are the strengths of this team? I think it'll be experience coming back with a team that isn't going to lose many players. 
especially after coming off of what was a quote-unquote rebuilding season, I think the experience that we have now will be a great leadership guide for the new incoming freshmen to see what it takes to win, how players can play well together and be successful. So I think that's going to be the biggest asset that we have this year. Absolutely, and, and once again, I think overall the intangible leadership on this team. Travis Walton, an amazing leader. One of the best, Coach Izzo said himself, one of the best he's ever seen. Coach Izzo said he drags players with him. He doesn't just lead by example. He drags guys with him. His friends pulls him with him. Drew Neitzel, let's not forget, this is a freshman that played in a Final Four that took over Chris Hill's starting position and helped guide Michigan State past Kentucky, past Duke, into the Final Four, up five at half against North Carolina. Boy, it's just like yesterday, but... That experience, also, who was there with him? Drew Namick, who played all, as well. And Quise Gray, Idong Ibak, also members of that team at that time. So they have the experience. that they, they were witnesses of that accomplishment. They see what it takes to get there. They remember how rewarding it was to get there, and, and I believe they will get there again this year. Uh, a breakout player. Name the player and, and name why he is the breakout player for you, Ray Morrow. I'd say uh, I'd say Quiz. I think what you said. He's developed a shot, and he showed glimpses of you know explosiveness last year. And I think I think as he becomes more consistent, I think he he's gonna you know show that he's you know can take over a game. Brigitte, your your breakout player, Michigan State Hoops. I, I think it'll be Raymar. He was phenomenal last year as a freshman, and especially with a year of experience playing on the USA team, he's only going to get better. And I think now that he's going to be able to play his position, well, I just think he's going to have a breakout year this year. Absolutely, we don't want to be you know too high in the team, but we keep a positive voice here on the Spartan Sports Rep. If you'd like to chime in with your voice, five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three is the number. The email address. The Gmail inbox, WDBMSports at gmail.com. Still waiting for the first blessing of the night in the inbox tonight. If it's if it's PG, PG-13, we'll read it. Uh, the phone number again, 517-432-3893. Your comments, Michigan State Hoops, how far can they go? Uh, here's a quick breakdown. It's contingent upon how much these freshmen can contribute and, and how they can defend. I believe we're built to run. We have the athleticism. Just imagine a lineup that's Travis Walton, Drew Neitzel, Raymar Morgan, Queese Gray. We will be extremely well, but we're going to the phones where we extremely appreciate your calls. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rap. How you doing? Hi, uh, yeah. Um, I was talking about. I heard you guys talking about um, who's going to be the breakout player, and uh, it's most likely. I think that's most likely going to be Keith. Queese Gray. Huh? Queese Gray. Yeah. Absolutely. Give me your reasons why Queese Gray is a breakout player. Well, just even watching him at uh, Midnight Madness, it might not might have not been so competitive, but just the way he took it, showing his leadership and the way he exploded to the basket, and just you know, once Tom Izzo told him to start trying his explosiveness to start scoring, was you know, you couldn't you couldn't blame him. He was just he was uncontrollably he could score. So I think this year, if he if he is consistent. This will be explosive, and, you know, just so as Drew Knights will blow up, he'll, he'll blow up the same way. How far can this team go? Um, comparing to how they were last year with Shannon and Maurice and Paul, now um, I think they might even go just as further or more or further than that just because now that Sutan has that experience, Drew has that experience, Raymar has that experience, and Keith knows what it takes to score and he can explode to the basket. So I think they they might have a really good chance of even making it to the Final Four. Hey, man, we appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in on Spartan Sports Rep. No problem. 
Spartan Sports Rep, you'd like to chime in, 517-432-3893 is the number. The email inbox at gmail, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Alongside Brigitte Sheroyan and Ray Mara, I'm your host, Dan Duggar, talking a little Michigan State hoops. Uh, the potential is extreme. Um, it's just not gassing up a bunch of young players. We have a bunch of proven veterans. When you look at Drew Neitzel, the de- one of the deadliest in the nation, just an assassin. Jay Billis said Drew Neitzel last season is the most valuable player to any team in the nation. You take, you know, you took Drew Neitzel away from us last year. Who knows? Drew Neitzel carried this team at times last year, but with that experience, he played ex- extreme minutes of high thirties, thirty-eight, thirty-nine minutes a game. That'll be cut back, but what that will give you is Drew Neitzel and Raymar Morgan playing at higher intensity for a lower amount of minutes. And they're going to give you more energy, and it'll be up and down and more. We'll see more alley-oops. We will see fast-breaking out of this world. I'm, I'm excited for basketball season to start. I'm, I'm still in football mode, trust me. I'm still looking for, this, for, for the bowl game. I'm excited for this football team. After that loss at Ohio State, yes, it's kind of an irony, a loss at Ohio State, but excited. This was the number one team in the country and number one team defensively as well, and they, they showed why. They were the fastest collective defense I have seen in my years of watching football. You know, rip, you know, cognizant years of watching football. Yes, we've watched it from a young age, but not with the knowledge of the schemes and, you know, playing a little in high school being able to see some things. Not that I'm a professional in no sense while well, I claim that. But uh, Coach Antonio spoke this afternoon at his press conference. Here's what Coach Antonio had to say about the loss at number one Ohio State. Explosive plays. We needed to have them and stop, there, stop them from getting them. Same thing happened. We gave up a couple explosive plays. And again, I think it was a little bit of us as opposed to them. And, uh, you know, those are the things that can be prevented. From our end of things, uh, you know, we did, you know, they did a great job shutting down uh, Devin Thomas and uh, in our passing game. We did have an opportunity for a trick play late in the game, but you know, couldn't get out of his hands. Going back to defense, getting the ball back at the end of the game, something I think structurally we have to be better at. We practiced that situation all the time during the summer and had not practiced it as of late. And uh, you know, I think that that's a coaching error on my part. We got to get, we got to just overcommit. Just even if we got to put goal line defense in in that situation, who cares if they score a touchdown at the end? We're trying to get the ball back. We have to recommit. We have to commit all of them up there. You know, I think that's a structural thing because they are a big, tough offensive unit. You know, you've got guys that weigh 320 pounds coming at you. It's difficult to fend those off. Coming out defense when they did have the ball down there uh, twice. Uh, with outstanding punts by Aaron Bates, we got to hold him down there. But uh, with all that being said, I did think our players continued to play through the tough times. There was very little to um, to really build on in that first half, I guess that you would say. But we came in at halftime, recollected ourselves, went back out and played better in the second half, and made it a, co- a competitive game late in the game. And uh, because of that, uh, you know, we're very, very proud of our football team. We didn't throw in the towel where that game could have been a. 41 to nothing shot, and you guys know it as well as I know it. That was Coach Antonio speaking on the loss 24-17 at Ohio State in the horseshoe. I was there. A, a good environment. I won't say great. The crowd in Madison at the end of the game was much, much louder, I'd say. And you look at the difference in crowd. Madison, 85 to 90,000. Columbus, 105,000. So a little disappointed in the crowd noise in Columbus. But obviously, the product on the field, they got the W. Very impressed with James Laurinaitis. He is the real deal. 
He is extremely fast. He hits hard. He led their team in tackles. I understand why he was an All-American last year. He is phenomenal. He, he won the Buckus Award last year as a sophomore. That is so, that's just unheard which is of. The best linebacker in the nation, essentially. Yeah, he was he was sick. I've never seen him. I've never seen him play live, and he was seeing that being on the sideline for part of the fourth quarter, seeing that the speed of the defense of Ohio State was just impeccable. Um, off, we'll start Michigan State offensively, folks. Your thoughts on the offense first, Brigitte. Um, well, I was disappointed to see that they couldn't get anything going, but their defense was just insane. But um, I I liked that they kept trying, though. Even though they weren't being successful, you know, it looked like they were trying to make adjustments as best as they could, but Ohio State's defense was just too good. And, um, I mean, I was disappointed that it was zero in the first half, but I was happy that they kept trying. Yeah, there's a reason why Ohio State was ranked number one in the country. There's a reason why they only allow, what, six, seven points a game. Yes, last week I spoke and said, you know, they really haven't played anyone yet. But uh, the the true litmus test came Saturday in Columbus, and I really think they proved to the nation that they, you know, we dare you to try to run on us. You know, we dare you. You know, Michigan State, we have we have a solid running game. I mean, you look at Michigan State's rushing offense. We rank 14th in the nation right now with with a phenomenal back in in Javon Ringer and Ju and Ju Conkrick as well. Ju obviously didn't have a big day. What was he? Four rushes for nine yards. They really bottled up our running game. And they did kind of neutralize Devin Thomas, you know. But then again, you know, we'll we'll get to the breakdown of the game in, in a minute. We're just a few few plays away, uh, uh, you know, three more yards on a on a Devin Thomas pass to Kellen Davis. We'll get there in a minute. But uh, offense was a little stagnant. But the number one defense in the country played like the number one defense. Got a chance to catch up with quarterback Brian Hoyer post game in Columbus. Here's what Brian Hoyer had to say after the loss. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, we're here post-game with quarterback Brian Hoyer. Brian, not such a big day for the offense, but defensively, two scores. You have to be proud of what your defense brought to the table today. Yeah, real proud. And, uh, you know, really, it's just a shame that you let a defensive performance like that go to waste. And uh, we try to get things going, but uh, as an offense, just a little bit too late. Um, But the defense did a great job all day and really brought us back in this game with those two scores. What were the emotions coming in, you being an Ohio native? Yeah, it was emotional, but uh, I think for the most part, I just tried to say, you know, level-headed. It it really uh, didn't affect me at all. I was just excited to come out and play, you know, really the number one team in the country. That was that was the thing I was excited about. And, uh, you know, we came out and, and we tried to do things, but they came out and, and we, we kind of knew that we were going to get their best shot, and they played they played tough. Um, going against a defense like that, I think really it makes it makes us offensively better because we'll, we'll go back and, and watch the film and learn from this. And, uh, you know, there's stuff you can always build on. So um, go back and, and watch this film, digest it for 24 hours, and, and just bounce back and, and go get a away victory at Iowa. Defensively, Ohio State, the speediest defensive team you've played against? Yeah, by far. Um, those guys did a great job flying to the ball. Everyone was flying to the ball. You, you know, you just uh, there's a reason they're ranked the number one defense in the country, and, and you could see that out there. But like I said, towards the end, we, we started to uh, build some momentum and get some big plays, and uh, you know, just a, just a little bit too late. That was quarterback Brian Hoyer speaking on Michigan State's loss at number one, Ohio State, losing by just a touchdown. Defense came to play, as Brian just alluded to. Two scores by the defense. We'll get to their performance in a second. But any bright spots at all on that offense, Ray? I didn't see too many. I mean, we we tried to establish one. We obviously couldn't. I mean, pound for pound, we couldn't, you know, manhandle the defensive line and, you know, Ohio State's defensive quickness. But um, I guess uh, near, you know, in the fourth quarter, we we did show glimpses of, you know, effectiveness in the passing game. So I guess that's about it. 
Brigitte, any bright spots on that offense? Not really. We just we couldn't do anything. I think we didn't get to their side of the uh, field till like the fourth quarter or so. We just we had a hard time moving the ball, and hopefully we'll make a ton of adjustments before we go to Iowa. Just I mean, after you know Javon having great past couple games to see him get shut down so much this week it was it was a little disappointing but they'll bounce back and i'm sure they'll have a great game next week i I believe that as well i'll look at a bright spot on special teams you can call it eh, offense as well brett swenson um arguably that was probably the second most important field goal that he's made in his career let's count the one where he beat northwestern in overtime in the greatest Mm -hmm. comeback as his best field goal ever the, the coach D put the pressure on Brent Swenson when he said, "We'll take we'll take the field goal. We're not going to go for it on fourth. We'll give our defense a shot with three oh two left in the game. It's I like believe twenty three. Yes, so. yeah, just over three minutes left in the game. You know, our defense gets three and out. You know, we get the ball back with a minute and a half to drive and you know go for the win. So I was impressed with Brett Swenson's composure." You know, made that field goal, and it, I believe it was over 40 yards. Yeah, it was a 43-yarder, I think. So I'm impressed with Brent Swenson. But that was special teams. Continuing with special teams, I think some something that goes overlooked too often, Aaron Bates was outstanding. Outstanding. The punter. He did He did botch one punt that went for 19 yards. Sands the botch punt. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. No one's I perfect. Totally agree with you. But Aaron Bates was tremendous. Iced five punts in, within the OSU five. What more can you ask for? You know, some defensive lineman penetrates that line. We've got two points on a safety. You know, you, you can't ask for more than a kicker being able to ice that. And Coach D stresses the importance of a punt. You know, he says that's the most important play in, in the football game. And, you know, you really sit down and think, think about it. It is. Ray, your thoughts on special teams? I mean, special teams were, you know, you know great, uh, good factor this game. I mean, Obviously, Bates played well in Swenson. He, I think he made, you know, he was four of nine the whole season, or he was five for nine going in the going in the game, and uh, you know, he had a forty-three yarder. So that's definitely going to boost his confidence. And Devin Thomas, you know, averaged twenty twenty yards, you know, return again, and I think special teams did pretty well. Absolutely, I agree with you on that, Brigitte. Your thoughts on special teams? Devin Thomas has another another pretty good day returning the football. I mean, I believe he was returning it too often because Ohio State was scoring too often, but your thoughts? Special teams is crucial to a football team because without it, if you don't have good field position, it really hurts you. Field position can make such a big difference in the game, and if you don't have good kickers, then you don't make field goals and you don't score points. So I think the special teams is probably one of the most important aspects that probably gets the most overlooked for its significance, but it's definitely crucial. I mean, you look at Devin Thomas, he ranks 10th in the nation in kick returns, just about 30 yards per kick return, and that does wonders for, for your field position because if he's catching at the 5 or the goal line, I mean, he's getting out to the 30, 35-yard line. And it's just a matter of time, you know, over, under. When does Devin Thomas take one to the house? Next game, next two games? Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe it because he is just deadly. Yet, Ohio State did a good job of bottling up DT, uh, but once again, they, you know, there were some, some plays – some great coverage by Ohio State. Some plays that Devin Thomas, you know, he would have been amazing. Randy Moss, he would have mossed a couple corners out there if he would have made the plays. Just an aside, how good are the New England Patriots? Oh, oh my insane. goodness. So good. Unbelievable. New England is in a league of their own. But that's that's NFL. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really I don't really care about the NFL. New England is sick though. I'll, let me I'll say that. But uh, we'll go to the defense, and uh, no better man to speak about the defense than the defensive coordinator, coordinator himself, Pat Narduzzi. 
Uh, here's what Coach Narduzzi had to say post game. Um, you know, defensively, you know, first thing, you know, uh, we talked to our kids at halftime. I think we're down 17 nothing, and we just talked about believing and, and fighting back and and, uh, and coming through. I think we played a, obviously a better second half than we did first half. First half, we just didn't tackle very well, and uh, at times had people in position to make plays, didn't make plays. Um, you know, you can't give up that many points in the first half to a team that, uh, that's got a great defense like Ohio State does. But give them credit, they made plays. Um, you know, they made us miss tackles and and, uh, and then beat us deep a couple times, I guess. Um, but again, I just happy with the way the kids fought back. And uh, again, they never quit. And that, that's probably the most important thing you can want out of a football program. Questions? Um, no, not really. No, I mean, that's what we'd like to do. You know, first thing is make the tackle. And then, you know, if you secure the tackle, then try to get the ball out. But, no, nothing different than we normally do. It's just, you know, it happened that way. We had a pressure on one time, and, and they threw it to Otis. And then the next time, you know, I think it was uh, it was Deke again that maybe got a strip turnover again. And uh, and then the next year we had a chance to get it on the ground again, and some guys fobbled, you know, fumbled it around and uh, could have got another one that third series. So, uh, you know, just, you know, give Ohio State credit. They're a good football program. And, and uh, you know, and then at the end we got to get the ball back to our offense. We can't score if we can't get the ball back. Now, what happened on the deep balls in particular? You know what? I don't know if they just ran by us. I know one time Travis was in the middle of the field and they, they just got behind him. I don't know how we were cover three, and you know I think they had three verticals, so you had a guy on top of each one of them, and and uh, you don't have to evaluate the tape to find out exactly what happened. But uh, I think they ran a kind of a twist, you know, what we call snake route, and and got someone behind him whether they didn't see it or or um, wasn't deep enough. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, even in the second half, I mean, we had him stop for probably an eight-yard gain or something like that, and then he bounced out to the field. We didn't do a good job of leveraging the ball, but, uh, you know, we've got to do a better job of leveraging the ball and, and getting as many hats to the ball as possible. But, you know, you know no, it doesn't surprise me. You know, all three of their tailbacks, you know, the Wells, Wells, and Sane are all uh, good football players. Yeah, you know, Otis, Otis Wiley had a great, you know, great week of practice. I think he's getting better every week, and, uh, and you, know, you know, that was great for his confidence. And, you know, he's a super kid and love him to death. Um, and I was just happy for him to get that play. I think things will turn for him. That was Coach Pat Narduzzi, defensive coordinator for Michigan State, speaking on his defense. Ray, your initial thoughts on Michigan State's defense? Well, first of all, I think our defensive line just got manhandled throughout the game, which, you know, put a lot of stress on our linebackers, you know, to get off, you know, to shed a lineman, which they, that Ohio State, Ohio State's line averages, what, 300 pounds, which in turn just dominated our linebackers. So they were, as a result, they were all allowed to, like, run all over us, and our secondary played not that well as well. Brigitte, your thoughts on Michigan State's defense? I mean, our secondary got burned on a couple of plays, which definitely was probably mental mistakes, not necessarily coaching. But I think when it came down to it, they really stepped up and made some big plays. Like, I just love watching Jonal St. Deke. He's probably one of my favorite defensive players to watch this season. Every time you see the big man rushing, and then you just wonder if he's going to strip the ball or whatever. But I think they played, for the most part, pretty good. They only gave up 24 points against Ohio State, which is a pretty good achievement. Uh, for the most part, I think they did all that they could. Our offense was a little off, though. Absolutely. I mean, you look defensively, third downs, Ohio State less than 50% on those, 7 to 16. You know, that's the money down where, you know, you want to come up with a stop defensively. Uh, but, you know, you look at the yardage disparity, 422 total offensive yards for Ohio State to Michigan State's 185. Uh, somewhat of a disparity, but how salty are you if you're Jim Tressel? Otis Wiley picks up that third fumble. Takes it to six yards for the score. Michigan State 
ends up winning. How salty are you if you outgain Michigan State nearly four to one, but end up losing? Man, what could have been? But no, this team is definitely headed in the right direction. That's the number one team in the country, and it's not a flukish number one. It's not a number one by default. No, I believe is Ohio State the true number one in the country, right? Uh, not with a mediocre Big Ten. I think I'd say LSU, but Ohio LSU State, with Ohio, a loss. Yes, because I think they're more they're a more talented team. But uh, Ohio State, regardless, they're still a strong team. You know, they're in an elite conference. So defensively, we look at the shining points of the defense. St. Deke, the sack master. Big Ten season record for forced fumbles. I believe it's eight now. He averages one per game. <laughs> this guy's insane. When you when you when you have that knack, turnovers are so crucial. And you know that's a toss up. You know a fumble on the ground, ball's going to bounce. You know you get that ball back to your offense. That's tremendous. If only, if only we could have got that last one. On the what the OSU seven, yeah, so, somewhere close. there. But uh, we need to eliminate the explosive plays, as is evident in uh, Coach D. As Coach D. referenced earlier, we could have been blown out of this game. Halftime, twenty-four was it twenty-four zero? Or at some, some point, some yeah. some point in the game it was twenty-four zero. Some point in the game it was twenty-four to zero. You're saying to yourself, "Oh boy, you know you, you're not, you know you're looking. You know we can slowly drive our way back in this." We could have easily been blown out, thirty-eight, four. You know, Notre Dame-ish, USC, <laughs> USC-ish. How about Charlie Weiss? How long till he's fired, Ray? Yeah, I don't know. Unbelievable. <laughs> we don't even mess with South Bend, but Otis Wiley, I believe, resurrected his season with that interception for a touchdown, fifty-four yard return. Got a chance to catch up with Otis Wiley after the game. Here's what Otis Wiley, free safety, had to say. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, we're here post-game with free safety Otis Wiley. Otis, a pick six for you today. Down to your knees, point to the sky. That has to be such relief to get a, get a touchdown, and it seems like Otis Wiley is back. Yeah, I mean, uh can't really – I got to get crazy on my front seven, uh, put that front, uh, rush on him, and, I mean, made him throw a pass. I don't know if it was a bad ball, but uh, I read it. Just got into my hands, just praising the Lord, man, getting into the end zone, just having fun, and, Knowing that, I mean, it sparked it sparked it for our team, but it just kind of sparked you know, some life into my, my my life right now. So, so you feel like Otis Wiley's back, number twenty one's back. One is back, man. Two ones back, and in spite of you know the loss and you know that we it's always victory and defeat. But I mean, we, of course, you know we, we should have came out on top, and we know it as a whole team, and just kind of use it as a, as encouragement to go to Iowa and, and win. Going into Iowa and winning is, will be big for you guys. What do you guys want to prepare this week on and focus on for the Hawkeyes? Coming out, coming out the first, you know, out the, like fresh out the blocks. Coming first quarter, first play, and dominating. And we have to, you know, we got to we got to go out in Iowa. You know that the atmosphere is rough. It's rough and tough, and we got to go out there and, and execute the first play to the end. What changed from the first half to the second half today? Otis only giving up seven points uh, to the Buckeyes. I really, I really don't know what changed. I think it was just, I mean, we always had, we had that fire and that, that no doubt in, in our eyes. Just we, we have nothing to lose but everything to gain. And, of course, we went out there and um, as a whole, we just knew we had to get something, you know, spark, as a spark as a defense to help our, our offense and help our team, you know, to give life to it. So, I mean, of course, we did that, and, of course, we should have came out on top. That was free safety Otis Wiley speaking after the game, lost against Ohio State Otis. I believe resurrected his season. He had a, some down games, some down weeks where he's coming off the bench. It's, it, it amazes me the difference one play can make, the, the way one play can 
spike a player's confidence and just get him right back on the right track. And I believe Otis Wiley's back there, and, and that pick six will do wonders for Otis's confidence. But speaking of confidence, St. Deke, back to St. Deke for a second. Tremendous player. How impressive is that record to you, Ray? I mean, the force from the game, I mean, that's you make it you know, three all season, you have eight you know, total, so that's, that's unreal. And, the, and what the byproduct of those can be is just compounds the, the impact of that. You know, you are listening to Impact 89 FM, though. If you'd like to chime in, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Phone number 517-432-3893. The email inbox wide open, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Uh, got a chance to catch up with the Sackmaster after the game. Jonal St. Deke, the new Big Ten single-season record holder for force fumbles, and he still has four games. Here's what Jonal St. Deke had to say after the game. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, I'm here with Jonal St. Deke, now a Big Ten record holder. A little bittersweet, though, to get that record today. Uh, like I said, you know, I take my hat off to my defensive line, uh, my coaching staff, uh, you know, the safeties, the DBs, all them guys, the linebackers, but like I say, you know, it's a, it's a good accomplishment, but on the other hand, it's, another, it's a little sorrow. You know, we lost, and, um, you know, so, you know, it's a good thing, but on the other hand, it's a bad thing, but we're going to come back out. We're gonna be positive. We're gonna work hard in practice for the coaches, and we're gonna still believe in the, we still believe in the coaches. And we're just gonna work hard. What changed in the second half, only allowing seven points to that Buckeye offense? Um, we had emotion. You know, uh, once you have emotion, and the coaches, you know, he tossed the man up. You know, Coach D said, "Man up, who's gonna make the big play?" And uh, eventually, Otis made the big play, and we all fed off that. You know, then I made a big play, then uh, Big Tone made a big play, and um, so we got we got had that fire and that emotion all on the beginning of the hand, in the beginning of the, uh, the game. So we can't wait until. The last, uh, we can't wait until the second half. We got, we got to have that in the beginning of the game. So it seems like you guys are excited to play Iowa already. Well, yeah, we, we're excited. You know, we, we, people know what we're capable of doing. You know, we know what we're capable of doing. I, I will, no matter what other people think, uh, the coaches know what we're capable of doing. We know what we're capable of doing. If we work hard, we work together, and we, we could pretty, pretty much compete with anybody in the country. So, uh, you've seen that today. Uh, you've seen what happens when you have emotion and you have a lot of guys that have fire in their eyes and they, and they work hard, and you've seen that today. We go right from Jonal St. Deke to the phones. Thanks for calling the Spartan Sports Trap. What's going on? Hello. What's going on? Uh, I was just calling in. Um, I hope that uh, I can be as optimistic about the basketball season. I find that year after year, and you can look at the football season this year, uh, the upsets rain all the time. So with a bullseye on our chest, um, I hope they can withstand the pressure of that. My main concern is, and I've watched for years and years and years, watched a lot of basketball, coached basketball, I am starting to go insane about the Spartans' absolute lack of any opportunity on inbounds passes. I sat there last year and watched them lob to center court three out of four inbound passes, and I just do not understand what they are trying to do. Coach Izzo is such a great coach. One game, uh, they did three laps to center court, and then sure enough, they got smart about it, stole the ball, turned the game around. Can you give me any insight on why the Spartans never run inbounds plays and give away probably eight to ten opportunities to score an easy basket? I think my insight, all my insight is, is, is what you've noticed, sir, is a lack of execution. I think Coach Izzo vo- has voiced his frustration about that last year, and, and, I, and I remember seeing that, you know, inbounds passes, Play doesn't develop. They end up throwing a Hail Mary to Drew Neitzel back at the opponent's free throw line. But I'm, I'm sure that attention to detail will be correct, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm sure Coach Izzo is going to address that this season. But, sir, question for you, how far do you think this team can go if, like you said, we get some of these little things cleaned up? Well, um, obviously everyone is pointing them to the Final Four and winning the Big Ten. One of the problems you see year after year and probably – 
what I'm really happy about is they are going to get out and run more, but uh, if you watch the preseason at all, uh, Spartans will run and run and get guys out on the wing and dunk and beat teams mercifully and uh, are unmercifully. And then you get your first road game uh, going to Wisconsin, and the game is entirely different. So, obviously, he's a smart guy. I really don't. Um, I'm not satisfied with the answer. I mean, he's there. There have been years to develop good inbounds plays, and they just don't come. And I just don't get it. And maybe with more speed this year, they'll come up with something. But I've never seen a top ten or a top team like us and watch game after game do what we do, and I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But, it, again, it's going to all uh, be based upon how much they can adapt and be flexible to all kinds of different games. And certainly when the NCAAs come up, you know that's a whole different type of game, too. So if MSU goes through the season and does a lot of their damage running the ball and moving it up the court quickly, like even Judd like to do, um, they're still going to have to be uh, good in the half court, which they were uh, very weak on last year. There were times when the offense just was not there. Um, I do have one side note, too. I'm trying to figure out why um, Drew Namick came from North Muskegon High School, lives in North Muskegon, and they refuse to recognize that um, when the starting lineups are announced. They always say he's from Muskegon, and I guess as a graduate and former basketball player, I'd like to see Terry Braverman and get, at least do his homework. A small town like that, a small school, I think they deserve the credit. Hey, I'll be sure to pass that information along North Mississippi for Drew Nemec. Hey, sir, we appreciate your support of the Spartan Sports Wrap tonight, and thanks for your analysis of Michigan State basketball. Thank you. Michigan State basketball gears up their green-white game this Sunday, 4 p.m. at the Breslin Center. Back to Michigan State football. Hey, we're taking calls till the top of the hour here. At 8 o'clock, we got about 8 minutes left. Uh, we're still discussing football, but if you'd like to touch on, like our gentleman just called, we can still discuss basketball as well. This is a Spartan Sports Wrap. Michigan State Sports comes first in this hour of sports talk, the only hour of sports talk in the greater Lansing area that is commercial-free. Speaking of the defense, we saw someone who played tremendously well. I said 12 tackles. He had 14 and a sack. Greg Jones, true freshman from Ohio has a knack for the ball, has instincts. This kid is going to be an All-American, I believe, before he leaves MSU. He is a complete package. Coach Antonio recognized it. Here's Coach D's thoughts on Greg Jones. Well, Greg is a guy that, uh, you know, we had in camp at the University of Cincinnati. He's from Moeller High School, actually played defensive end his first two years at Moeller High School, and then was moved to linebacker. And he, he was a guy that, uh, you know, long jump 10-2, very athletic in our camp, and I just felt like he was a guy that was – uh, that was a can't-miss football player. He has a unique ability to get off blocks. He's still learning. He still makes mistakes at times mentally, um, but he is an outstanding tackler. He's got a motor, and that's what gets him to the ball. He's a little bit like like all the great ones. You know, the Chris Spielman, when I was a graduate assistant at Ohio State, he'd just line up and just go. I mean, he just, no blitz would be called. He'd just blitz, but he'd make plays. And Greg's not to that extent, but... Um, uh, he has a unique ability to get off blocks and to uh, close on people. He's a very explosive player, and he should be an outstanding football player for us here as the future goes on. And, uh, um, you know, with 14 tackles in the game on Saturday, um, you know, he was playing. He made some unbelievable plays. He hurdled a guy one time, made a tackle, and a uh, very good player. That was Coach Antonio speaking on Greg Jones, a true freshman playing linebacker for Michigan State. We saw the noise he created 
at Ohio State, not recruited by the Buckeyes, a little motivation for Greg Jones. I did get a chance to sit down with Greg Jones, but we're going to skip that interview because we need to talk about the remainder of the season. And when we look at the season in hindsight thus far, eight games through, one statistic that just resonates in my mind, three losses by an average of 5.6 points. Folks, we're less than a touchdown away from, what, 8-0 right now? Mm-hmm. You know, you put that in statistical terms, you know, that's realistic. We're not going to sit here and ponder on the, you know, woulda, coulda, shouldas. But 5.6 points, we ha- we are yet to be blown out. And I think that does wonders for confidence and does wonders for pride and additionally recruiting. We're not on ESPN, ESPN2, or Big Ten Network being blown out, being made a laughing stock. We, you know, oh, go on in, it's third string quarterback. You, you know, we haven't seen that yet. So I'm proud of the, the guys. 5.6 points, that's the average margin of deficit for our lo- three losses a season. But we look ahead to the Iowa Hawkeyes at Iowa. The last time that we played at Iowa, we lost. And we haven't won in Iowa City since 1989. Uh, quick note, the honorary captains. Uh, one is Harlan Barnett for uh, for Michigan State. He played in that game back in 89. There's a coach now, obviously. He's going to be an honorary captain as well. He's played and beat Iowa when they, when they beat them last but we look back, October 2nd, 2004 was the last time we played Iowa. So fresh faces, but Kurt Ferentz is going to have his team ready to go. Here's Coach D'Antonio speaking more importantly, though, on the next four games. We look at the next four very winnable games. I'm not going to point to one and say that we can't win or we, we will lose. They're all very winnable games. Here's Coach D'Antonio quickly on the next four games. We can determine our own future right now, and I think that we've played against everybody, and there's been nobody that's blown us out. There's been nobody that's... At the end of the game, we're not sitting there saying only if. Um, So we'll be in these games. We can win every one of them. That's absolutely right. I definitely agree with Coach Antonio. We can win every one of these games left on the slate. We have Iowa this weekend at Iowa. We return home to Michigan. I expect an electric, electric crowd. It will not be a night game. It will either be noon on ESPN, ESPN2, or the Big Ten Network or at 3.30 on ABC. So if that can draw a conclusion, the game will be played between the hours of noon, and you know it'll start between the hours of noon and 3.30. You know, that's all the, bit the office has given us. Obviously, they're going to wait until this weekend plays itself out because the networks pick you know the hierarchy of games. Well, I think uh, ABC has a choice between uh, Wisconsin-Ohio State and then Michigan-Michigan State, so we're going to be battling for them for the 3.30 spot. So we'll see, you know, if I had an opinion, I might say we'll be on at noon on ESPN, ESPN2. More likely, I'd say ESPN2. ESPN2 will pick up the rivalry game. Could possibly be a 6-3 and three Michigan State, a 6-3 and three Michigan battling for an upper echelon bowl. And I hope that's the case, and I believe it will be. But don't be judged by Iowa's record. Yes, we know they're, they're not very good offensively, but like us, they've lost their games by slim margins as well. Yes, they're 1-4 in the conference, 3-5 and five overall. Uh, but here's Coach Antonio's thoughts on the Iowa Hawkeyes. You know, Iowa game, moving on. We put that to bed yesterday. Moving on, I think it'll be a tough environment there, very tough environment. They're a 3-5 and five football team coming off a, um, a disappointing loss at Purdue. Uh, they'll be ready. I played at Iowa before, having been here, um, having been at Purdue University when we went out to Iowa as a graduate assistant. And uh, so I've been out there a number of times, a very difficult environment to play in. Um, their backs are against the wall a little bit, so they'll be – They'll be prepared. They've got injuries. They're playing young players. Um, 
you know, Norm Parker, Phil Parker played here. Norm coached here uh, under Coach Perlis, so they're very familiar with Michigan State. Uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz is an outstanding football coach, outstanding person as well, and uh, we'll have his players ready to play. We got to battle back. That's what I can tell you. We'll go with an attitude. That's right. Coach Antonio speaking on the matchup against the Iowa Hawkeyes this Saturday. That game is at noon, 11 Central, so 12 Eastern. Um, don't don't be, be wary of Iowa. Be wary of the Hawkeyes. Their record does not speak to the talent of this team. They're tremendously coached. But your thoughts on Iowa and looking down the road at the next four, Ray? Well, offensively, Iowa struggles, so I think that's going to play to our advantage on defense. But um, I think we're going to be able to you know, handle Iowa pretty easily. I think we'll come away with W. Absolutely. I believe Michigan State will hang a big W on Iowa. Their offense, Iowa only puts up 15 points per game. Despicable. Third down conversions, thirty, just over 30%. They don't get it done on the money down offensively. They're young. Or their offense struggles, like you said, Ray. They have trouble throwing the, both throwing the ball and rushing the ball. Very poor. I mean, when you look at our rushing offense, ranked 14th in the nation, you look at Iowa, 95. Their passing offense, 89. That's terrible. Iowa's offense definitely where we where we have to take advantage. Um, the next four games, uh, we were just speaking during the clip. Brigitte, you said they're very winnable. Can you speak on what, y- your comments? I think we could go 3-1 and one the next couple games. I think the only game that will give us a lot of trouble might be Purdue because we're playing at Purdue. They're a great team. But other than that, I think we have the possibility of beating Iowa, beating Michigan, and definitely beating Penn State. Yeah, records are out the door when Michigan comes mm-hmm. into town. I don't want to jump ahead. Boy, are we going to have a fun week next week when we preview the Wolverines. I'm going to try to bring extra content. The guys are going to be fired up. They've had that beat Michigan sign around the locker room all season. Coach Antonio said that's one of the biggest things to get back to competing and beating Michigan. Ray, your thoughts on the last four games? I think we definitely have a shot to go, you know, win the last four. But uh, I think Purdue is going to be our biggest challenge because, you know, they have an aerial attack and our secondary is kind of weak. So I think Purdue, like Brigitte said, is going to be our toughest challenge. Michigan State stands at 5-3 and three after eight games. Spartans looking to make a bowl. Six wins may not be enough, as Ray commented during the, during the last clip that was played. But that is enough for us tonight. This has been the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact 89 FM. We will be back next Monday with post-Iowa wrap, and we'll preview the Wolverines. A fired-up week in East Lansing. This has been the Spartan Sports Rep. For Ray Marr, Brigitte Schroen, I'm Dan Duggar. Tune in every Monday, 7 to 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.